Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. One size fits all seems like a good idea for clothes until you try them on. Same goes for healthcare. That's why United Healthcare offers flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. Learn more at uh1.com. I only have one question for you today, ladies and gentlemen. Who is writing Raw? Because I watched WWE Smackdown like, oh, what a lovely, consistent program that makes a load of sense. And then I watched Raw and I scratched my head and I looked like this all perplexed because I can't figure out what the hell is going on. But we shall talk about that and so much more. But before we do get there, please do go and vote in this week's Retro Ups and Downs poll. You just go to the community tab on our YouTube page. And the four events that you have chosen are WrestleMania 18, WrestleMania 9, which wasn't very nice, SummerSlam 1992, and the November 29th, 1999 Raw, which is when Triple H interrupted that there wedding. But let's focus on the present and take finger of power the fop. And yes, it's time to give the good bits an up and the bad bits a down from the latest episode of Muntag Night Raw. McIntyre was out to kick off this week's show and he wanted to talk about T-Bar and Mace. (laughs) What a world. Most of his promo too was focused around making your own opportunities and the fact that he's going to beat Bobby Lashley at WrestleMania Backlash. But to be honest, and I really like Drew, he didn't say much of anything here. And then eventually out came MVP. And if you're going, well, why did MVP come out and not Bobby Lashley? I don't have an answer for you. Bob just wasn't on the show. Anywho, MVP wanted to let McIntyre know that he will not be winning at WrestleMania Backlash, but also that Mason T-Bar were nothing to do with him. Obviously, Drew McIntyre disagreed, but then Umvup went, but wait a minute, look at it like this. Bobby Lashley wanted to downsize the Hurt Business, and we still beat your ass at normal WrestleMania, so why the hell would we need more recruits? Ah, I was like, MVP, that is a great point. There was also some chatter about the fact that MVP had tried to rile up the Raw locker room, but so had Drew, and eventually they kind of just looked at each other and went, okay. Surprise, surprise, Mason T-Bar then did attack Drew McIntyre, and they gave him the double choke slam, and then when they walked to the back, they ignored MVP. And I don't want to be horrible here, like I'm a positive Pete. But what a crappy start to Raw. And I don't care about any of this, and as silly as it would be story-wise, at least it would make more sense if MVP had recruited these two big dudes, because, you know, they're really big dudes. It then got truly weird, because we cut to the back, and we had an interview with Mason T-Bar. And, well, roll it. Hello, and welcome to another episode of Nobody Talks Like That, this week featuring none other than Mason T-Bar, who should be in their own segment that is called... Nobody is named that. But after having a microphone shoved in their face, Mace and T-Bar, the sound there from the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, actually said, Cats, 
dogs, birds, porcupines, hedgehogs, snakes, saber-toothed tiger. It's extinct, right? Gone. Forever. Exactly. That's what we're going to do when we finish Drew McIntyre. Now, for starters, that doesn't make any sense, because even if you kill Drew McIntyre, you're not going to make the human race extinct. But also, what the flub was this nonsense coming out of your mouth? Because nobody talks like that. Also, cats and dogs and birds aren't extinct. So these guys are just a couple of idiots, and all of it has got to get it down. Obviously, McIntyre then demanded a handicap match against these guys after we'd seen a replay of it about 67,422 times. And even though Adam Pearce was like, get a partner, get a partner, Drew was like, no, I don't want a partner. He's not going to have a partner. The Viking Raiders then defeated Shelton Benjamin and Cedric Alexander in the exact same match we had seven days ago. I mean, this was identical. Down. And the outcome was no difference. And sure, this week, maybe Cedric and Shelton were a little bit more dominant, but they got hit with the Viking experience. One, two, three, and that was that. All you would have needed was one video showing Shelton and Cedric going to Adam Pearce. Everyone else goes to Adam Pearce and said, look, we think we got hard done by. We weren't ready for the Vikings seven days ago. Can we have another go? But nope, it just happened. And yes, Adnan Verk called their finishing move the Viking Express. That poor dude is going to be run over. We then hit a triple header of downs, even though the next segment did end with a match that I wanted to see. But yes, down. And what do I mean? Well, earlier in the week on social media, WWE had gone, well, hey, we're going to do Braun Strowman versus Randy on on Raw. Because I'm a flipping nerd and a geek, I was like, well, that sounds interesting. I don't think I've ever seen Randy on versus Braun Strowman. Why don't I sit my ass down and get excited for that? More fool me. Because instead it was Randy Orton versus Riddle for reasons I can't tell you. Nobody mentioned this advertisement. Nobody mentioned why it had been canned, which was doubly shame because I wanted to see Riddle versus Randy Orton, but it was just tainted with this touch of negativity. Also, you've got to stop doing this WWE because if somebody does tune in specifically based on something that you have promoted and then it's just not there and they get no explanation, well, have a guess what they're going to do next time. They just won't watch. But yeah, Orton said that he's going to go after the WWE title again after WrestleMania Backlash when Riddle went, zoomed into the picture and said, hey, bro, you've got nothing going on. Why don't we become a tag team and we can call ourselves RK Bro? That was a good one. This annoyed Randy, however, and he went to Adam Pearce and said, let me beat up that guy. (laughs) It was kind of funny because he didn't even know Matt Riddle's name. He just wants to whoop his ass. Charlotte was then out for a promo next, and 95% of this was fine. And yes, it was almost identical once again to what she had done last week, but she's a much better heel than she is a face. I believe every word that she says... We were so damn close. For some reason, halfway through, she did apologize to Oscar because she thinks Oscar is a really good wrestler. And then it was at that moment that Oscar decided to come down the ramp. But then before she could say anything, Rhea Ripley was here. Once again, I was just rubbing my head. Charlotte told the champion to sit at ringside for her match against Oscar later to take notes. And Rhea was like, yeah, we'll do that, mate. But obviously, I think you're going to lose because Oscar is the best. And then when the Empress of Tomorrow tried to speak... Charlotte kept cutting her off and also started to speak really slowly to insinuate that Oscar couldn't understand English, even though many a time we have seen her understand English. For starters, it was just super awkward, but it was also really, really bad. And before it was done, Oscar called Charlotte a bitch just to let you know that this feud has become super duper serious. Because as we have established here on Ups and Downs, if you use the word bitch, 
your feud is now super duper serious. This really did fall apart though before it was done. What a terrible start to Raw. Down. Thankfully, it then picked up because it was Randy Orton versus Matt Riddle, and I don't think I've ever seen that match before. Even if I have, I don't feel like I have, and that's enough. Up. Riddle kept going for a sleeper early on and actually was choking Randy Orton out. So to get out of that, Randy kind of just dropped him on the apron and then threw him on the announce table. He a smart cat. Randy then stopped away on Riddle's feet because you would do that. Somebody wasn't wearing shoes and then gave him one of those power slams. And every time Riddle tried to get back into it, Orton just boop and poked him right in the eye. It made me think of Rey Mysterio. It was Arkham Asylum rules after that because Riddle was in the corner and Randy Orton charged it in, but Riddle got out of the way at the last minute, meaning the Viper smashed into the turnbuckle. And then Riddle hit a swanton bomb for a very close near two. And then Randy Orton hit a superplex for a very close near two. And I was getting into this. It also finished well because it was one of those rare occasions where WWE actually used the most devastating move in all of sports entertainment, the surprise roll-up, in the right way, because that's how Riddle won. He locked on a shot crucifix, Randy Orton couldn't believe what was happening, and his shoulders went down for the one, two, three. It was even better because before this, Randy Orton had been going for the RKO, and I knew this was big, because I started to make noises. Like as soon as Riddle got the three cows, I was like, rrr, rrr, and these weird things started coming out of my mouth. And if we do start a feud between these two, well, I actually think that's a really good idea. Apart from the fact that if you were going to do this WWE, why did you have Bobby Lashley destroy Riddle on Raw last week, whenever the hell it was? I tell you why, because we don't plan for nothing. Sheamus and Adam Pearce were chatting next and they were focused on the US title. And Adam was like, why don't you be like John Cena and have an open challenge each and every single week? Now, Sheamus couldn't give two hoots about John Cena, but he does like the idea although he's not gonna put his title on the line. This was fine. What was not fine was what came next because it was Nia Jax and Shayna Baszler taking on Naomi and Lana in a non-title match. And my only question is, why? Because not only have Naomi and Lana basically never won, at WrestleMania, they weren't even able to make it to the finals of Tag Team Turmoil. So why, if you were booking a company, would you go, well, they definitely deserve a shot at the Tag Team Champions? The answer is, you're never flubbing wood. Down. Also, in a world where we need more teams, why the hell would you split up the Iconics and then fire them? It's bewildering. Obviously, Manda Rose and Dana Brooke came out halfway through and they showed all the clips of Nia Jack slipping from last week, which begs the question, who is the good guy and who is the bad guy here? Because Mandy Rose and Dana Brooke told us that Nia Jack shouldn't be laughing at Mandy Rose for slipping over, but now they're laughing at Nia Jack for slipping over. And as we have been told since we were babies, two wrongs do not make a right. This caused a distraction because Nia Jax was so mad she just left and chased after them. And because Shayna Baszler had been left alone in the ring, she got double face busted. She got pinned for the one, two, three. Bring down the distraction board. It goes up to 47 in 2021 alone. And honestly, did they really win? I said they won, but did they? Not really. They kind of just got a victory by hook or by crook. We had a nice video with Bad Bunny and Damian Priest afterwards that was filmed post-WrestleMania. And they were just like, man, Damian Priest, you're the best. And Bad Bunny was like, oh my gosh, you're the best too. It was just one massive loving and it was very nice. More good guys in WWE need to have friends. And speaking of friends, Miz TV was up next, but John Morrison wasn't there. Huh. Instead, Miz was hosting with Maurice, and of course, they were just going to rag 
on Damien Priest. He too would interrupt halfway through, which just goes to prove that every single Raw segment is the same, and was all like, Miz, you may have beaten me last week, but don't forget how you beat me, you're an absolute loser. And I was like, Damien, why would you bring this up? He still beat you, and really, if you take a step back and look at it, he kind of outsmarted you. Maurice was then back to matchmaking, so where she got these magic powers from? When Damien Priest accepted, he drank some of the champagne they had been drinking, he spat it out because it was crap, and then one of Miz and Maurice threw alcohol over him. And I sat there going, I can't believe this, I just don't care. But yes, they are gonna have a match later because Maurice said so, and it's gotta get it down. Segment with New Day and Riddle next, Xavier Woods and Kofi Kingston were super duper happy for Riddle, although they did also admit that they never have a clue what he's talking about. But again, going back to Damien Priest and Bad Bunny, it's just nice to see baby faces talking to other baby faces and sharing some love. We need to do it more. It just stands to reason. For some reason, though, Raw this week was stuck on a time loop because it was then Elias versus Kofi Kingston, even though last week we'd already done the tag team match, which surely the singles matches would build towards and will do so again, even though we've already seen it. And that's when my brain fell out of my ear and ran away. So now I am brainless. The only fun part was after Elias had tried to play one of his songs at the start, the ling ding ding, the New Day did interrupt, but here Xavier Woods instead of the trombone was playing his bass, and if you follow Xavier Woods on Twitter, he's been learning that instrument, and it's been very fun to watch, and it was very fun here, especially when during the max, Kofi Kingston hit a Luthez press, and Xavier Woods was playing Stone Cold Steve Austin's theme. It doesn't matter what you give these guys, they will make the best of it, and I think they're fabu. Because we do have to 50-50 book everything though, Elias won. Kofi Kingston went for a Hurricane Rhino off the top, Elias has shoved him down, he hit the flying elbow drop, one, two, three, that was that. And now what are we going to do? Well, we're going to do Jackson first, Commander Riker versus Xavier Woods. And I guess there, Xavier Woods will win. And then at WrestleMania Backlash, we'll do the tag team match, even though we've already seen it. And also, where the hell is AJ Styles and where the hell is Omos? They went on the show and that is two weeks in the row. And you may be going, well, Simon, something may have happened. Yes, but you should still acknowledge them. At the moment, I just assume they've fallen into a hole. Everyone take a breath. It's just wrestling. Who even cares? And really, I'm just going to tell it straight. This was not a good Raw. Because next up, it was Alexa Bliss's playground. And while I do respect WWE for seeing this story all the way through to the end, this stuff just misses me entirely. It's like a bullet, prow, and it goes flying past down. Because the point was, her new doll Lily isn't a new fixture in her life and has been around since she was a child. And they showed a bunch of young Alexa Bliss photos when Lily was there and let us know that when she was in school, Alexa Bliss pushed a kid off a swing and broke her arm because she wouldn't give her any ice cream. And the reason was Lily. It finished once again with Lily snarling at us. And I was like, I didn't do anything. I didn't say you couldn't have any ice cream. Although Alexa Bliss did say that the Raw women's roster was on notice. So I guess we're gonna start having her back in matches soon. And what the hell are we gonna do there? And also, if you're now going, well, I wonder what Bray Wyatt did later. (laughs) He wasn't on Raw. More nonsense next, because Sarah Schreiber tried to interview Dana Brooke and Mandy Rose, and they basically said, it's not our fault when it comes to Nia and Shayna, because they started it. 
That was actually their point. Essentially, Nia chased them off because Mandy and Dana are the biggest cowards ever before Shayna got in Nia Jax's face and said, look, you better get your head in the game. You keep costing us matches. And then even more randomly, like we were just throwing wrestlers at the camera, Angel Garza was back on Raw and he said to Nia, what do you see in that Reginald guy? And then he just walked off. And Nia Jax's face at the end of it was like this. And I was like, yep. I'd be totally perplexed too. None of this connected together at all. And neither did Drew versus Mace and T-Bar. I mean, what the hell happened? Because we were getting a handicap match and yes, it ended in a DQ. After around about five minutes, the referee thought that Mace and T-Bar were being too aggressive in the corner. So he just disqualified them, bring down the counter, it rolls up to 21. WWE then went WWE and all of a sudden we heard and Braun Strowman wandered out. At first I assumed to make the save, but no, it was then another tag team match with Braun Strowman being Drew McIntyre's partner and it actually ended in a disqualification. Because at one point Drew McIntyre just ripped the mask off T-Bar or Mace, I can't remember who is who, and he started thwomping him with it, and apparently this was too much, so yes, the disqualification was called. But if that's the case, why were the Retribution members ever allowed to wear these things? Because if they gave somebody a headbutt, surely that's worse than grabbing it and just hitting somebody on the head. They celebrated after like they just won the sweepstakes, but do not forget that this was 50-50 booking, and it was 50-50 booking through DQs. Also bring down the board, it goes up to 21. Oh, that's wrong, it goes up to 22. It just went up to 21. And also my big question is, why did Braun Strowman help Drew McIntyre after they were fighting last week? Did anybody tell me? No, they did not doubt. The highlight of all of this was that halfway through, Adnan said, pardon me while I unload. You do you, Adnan. I get it. Sometimes you just got to have a release. Miz versus Damian Priest next. And yes, once again, it was exactly the same as last week. Apart from this time, the Miz tried to use the ropes. Damian Priest had got smart to it. He hit the hit the lights and he got the one, two, three. And all I care about right now is Damian Priest getting wins. He got a win here so we can have it up. And then Sheamus ruined Humberto Carrillo. Yep, you heard that right. Because he was in his normal clothes in the ring saying that he's the best, he's the United States champion and he will beat everybody up. When Humberto did walk down to the ring, I suppose because he was accepting the challenge and got thrown into the barricade around about 42,000 times and then road kicked right in the face. So it wasn't even a match. And where the hell has Humberto Carrillo been? Nobody told us that. This was very good for Sheamus. I still think he's underrated. I want him to be a dominant United States champion so we can have it up. Our main event was then Oscar versus Charlotte Flair. And I've said it once and I'll say it twice. They have very good chemistry. And before the nonsense, I enjoyed it muchly. Up. As promised, Rhea Ripley was watching from ringside. And for a good 10 minutes, I was like, oh, they're not going to do any nonsense. But it's WWE. So of course, they had to do nonsense. And yes, at one point, they kind of flubbed up a code breaker. But who cares? This stuff happens. They fought like crazy to begin with, too, which I really enjoyed. And again, just to double down on what I just said, every time you put Oscar and Charlotte in the ring, even if they don't have a five-star classic, there's always something to take away from it which is why I was kind of annoyed about the finish. Because Charlotte applied the figure eight at one point, but because she was too close to the apron, Rhea Ripley just went and grabbed her arms and pulled them so she fell down, and the referee didn't see this at all, which allowed Oscar to use the most devastating move in all of sports entertainment, the surprise roll-up, or in this case, a crucifix, even though we'd seen it earlier with Riddle, and she got the victory. 
And really, why couldn't she have just have hit her move and won? She was also basically scuffling with Rhea Ripley after that, so it has to count as a distraction. Bring down the board, that is 48. And that was the real issue with this week's episode of Raw. You had two surprise roll-ups, we had two distractions, we had two TQs. What the hell ever happened to a clean finish or somebody actually getting a notable win? Still, this was much better than the alternative, but Raw still finished with Charlotte on top because she started to beat up all these referees because she was mad. And as we found out after the fact, she's going to be suspended and fined $100,000. Don't really know how that ties into the story in general, but hey, that's what we've got and you better like it. So is the end to a very meh episode of Raw, especially where the hell are a bunch of our superstars? If they can't be on the show, you have to come up with reasons as to why they are not there. So I hate to do it, but look, sometimes it's just obvious it's got to get a doubt. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns.